0: guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride.
1: So these are a group of guys called the Oxford Holy Club. And what we are going to be doing is they they actually run a podcast, a video-audio podcast. And they've been doing this now for a while and I'm gonna have them tell you about themselves, but basically we are now, in a few minutes, gonna be streaming this live on their Facebook channel. Um, So the whole idea is we've been kind of leading up to this. They've been telling their their viewer base that they're gonna be here, and this is the first time they've done this together. They're all from different communities, and so they do this podcast, video podcast online. They don't actually get together like this. This is the first time they've done that. So um, they've been doing it now for quite a while. So this is kind of a big deal for them to do it in front of a live audience, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to introduce fun. Bradley here. So Bradley Siliker,
0: maybe you could tell us a little bit about Oxford Holy Club and how it came sure. to be. Sure. Hey, gentlemen uh, and gentlemen that are out there getting food. Th- thank you to at least a fan. Thank you, fan. Fan number one. Uh, my name is Bradley Siliker, and I'm one of the hosts of the Oxford Holy Club. And uh, I'm going to tell you very briefly, because we want to just get into the show, how this how this began, why it's named what it's named, and then I'll let the gentlemen introduce themselves. Um, but I served in a capacity in the Church of the Nazarene where I continually met with groups of teens around three times a year. And we were doing this thing where we would ask them questions they could text in a question and we would try to answer it with a panel of leaders and what I noticed was over the course of a couple of years a lot of the same people were still asking a lot of the same questions. This is a whole other conversation about discipleship, but I looked at my phone with these questions that just people still wrestling with stuff over the course of years and I thought, it sounds like an infomercial, there has to be a better way. Um, But there has to be a way that we can Talk about these questions in a form where people can engage with it and where people can go back and watch it again later. So, um, started doing a podcast that was just audio only and recorded that. And um, at the time, I would have different guests come on, Lucas being one of them, Andrew being one of them, Matthew being one of them. And uh, eventually, I mean, we were all friends uh, for quite a long time. So, there was a natural chemistry there. Well, you can be the judge of that. But uh, Um, Got these guys involved, and it was called the Oxford Holy Club because of this. Uh, If you know who John Wesley is, when he was in Oxford, he gathered with a group of young men, weekly, and they would gather together and they would go through these 22 different questions that they would ask themselves. And at the heart of those questions was about them being stronger as men, and, and keeping honesty and transparency at the forefront. And they were called the Oxford Holy Club by people uh, in a disparaging way. It wasn 't something that they called themselves, and so we kind of reappropriated that name uh, because, well, at the time I was living in Oxford, Nova Scotia, so that played really well. Uh, the second is this call to holiness that we believe we're called to be holy because God is holy And then the second is the club because we don't do this in isolation It's about being a part of a community and we've heard about that already today uh, So it's called Oxford Holy Club and we uh, Yeah, we're, we're gonna get into the show and get going but gentlemen Why don't we just get into the show and then you can introduce yourselves as we get going you okay with that? Gentlemen, are you all right? If we, we're just basically going to do an episode like we would normally do that goes live every Tuesday, and uh, it may be something that you enjoy, and it might not be. It's not everyone's cup of tea, and that's okay. But we hope that you have fun with us, and feel free to interact with us because we would really appreciate that. You guys ready? All right. guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Well, hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club. I am one quarter of your host, Brad Siliker, and to my right, your left. I am
2: the second quarter of your hosts, I am Lucas Candy. Oh, math. Oh, no. Uh, my name is Andrew Beckwith. And I'm Matt Barber. Hey, glad to be here. This is
3: super weird for us, though. Yeah. Because normally, so are we telling the audience right now that we're, we have an audience? So that, Yes, yeah.
0: this today, Oxford Holy Club is filmed in front
3: of a live studio audience. Very good. <laughs> Can you guys make yes. some noise? All right, that way they'll believe it. Thank you. This is exactly what we need, okay? So that so the people at home believe this isn't just a canned track. That's you right. You need to loud, laugh extra loud and clap extra hard, mostly for our confidence. And we don't like,
2: care if you mean the laughter or not. Just fake laughter you, is fine. Thank you, sir. We will
3: take in sincere. Awesome. Uh,
0: so welcome to the Oxford Holy Club. And as we would normally do at this point, I want to mention, if you're interested in finding out more about us, who we are, uh, what kind of ministry this is, um, you can go to OxfordHolyClub.com. It's your one-stop show shop for all things Oxford Holy Club. You can submit questions that we will try to answer on the show. You can browse merch if we ever get off our lazy butts and do merch. And there's all kinds of things there for you. Um, But we're also on all the social medias that matter. And uh, so we're not on the TikTok and we're not on the Snapchat, but we're in the places that seem to matter to people. So you can find us there. And
2: Andrew, let's just get right into it, my man. Why don't we catch up with what's going on? Yeah, so typically when we, we actually don't really see each other a lot other than Tuesdays at 9 o'clock. Uh, and so we try and do a little bit of a catch-up time uh, when we start the show. Typically that turns into 30 minutes of people trying to tell the funniest story. And uh, True enough. Th- usually it's Lucas. Uh, but so right now we're just going to do a little bit of quick, we thought we'd talk about the morning so far. If there's anything, any sessions you guys enjoyed or anything like that.
3: Yeah, so the problem, I think, that we didn't plan that part well enough because between four of us, we went to two sessions. um, Yeah, we could have really spread out and, like, hit a session each. Yeah, so I'll start with mine. Ours was fantastic. And if you, so Rob Nyland does a session in the kids' zone room, the kids... Kids in the basement down there, I highly recommend it. Lucas and I went to it. Uh, Yeah, fantastic, really recommend it. Uh, Highlight for me, other than all the great information that Rob had shared, and men, write this down, and I don't want to steal your spotlight on this one, Rob, but uh, he said, especially for married couples, here we go, especially for married couples if you have children, Rob, this was the highlight for me, is that there's this little trick in practicing the Sabbath where you tell your kids, okay, for the Sabbath, you have to go and spend Part of the Sabbath in your bedroom by yourself. Okay, Rob Nyland told me to do this. Uh, And that's your opportunity for sex on the Sabbath because your kids are locked in the room. Hold on, my wife's in the room. Oh yeah, we just ruined that one. We can't talk about this. It's not a secret from the wife, it's just a secret
0: from the kids. She'll know about it. My parents might be watching, Matt. I don't want to talk about (laughs) sex on the Sabbath.
3: So this is... This is live stream, We're coining it. We are now coining it, Rob and I, sexy Sabbath. And that is when you put the kids... uh, uh, in the room for Sabbath. Hey,
0: are our children actually at the grandparents watching this right now?
3: Regardless. Oh, heavens. Anyway, all that to say, excellent. I really appreciate it. Lucas, what was your highlight from Rob's session? Good luck pivoting from Sexy Sabbath.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Am I next? All right. Well, we, we did have an agreed upon uh, order, but then we just stopped doing it. All right. Well, my, my thing I want, I kind of, something I've been realizing in Rob's session was excellent, but has nothing to do with that. Um, it was, I've realized something. I have a deficiency. You know how every now and then, you know, you're an adult, or you hope you are, and you, you get to some point in your life, you're like, how do I not know how to do this? Like, did my parents drop the ball? You know, did Crandall University drop the ball in my education? Something went wrong. I'm missing a piece. And that piece is how to exit from very casual conversations because this is the kind of thing that I love coming to these things. I love hearing the speakers. I love that I get to see people. I don't see that often, except for I'm really bad at disengaging from those conversations. We'll have a little bit of chit chat back and forth, and then I just kind of stand there until they walk away. And that's <laughs> not that's not on you guys because I did it to a bunch of you. It's, it's on me. Um, if I had a smoke bomb like Batman style, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's a- and just take off, but how do you guys disengage from those little conversations? Like, do you guys have a strategy or a thing you always say? walk away.
3: Yeah. I'll try walking away. Just be polite.
1: Just be know, polite? I just
0: don't have them. You just have <laughs>
2: them? Yeah, just don't have the conversations.
0: I'll
1: do that Problem next
2: time. Problem solved.
0: How about you, Brad? Uh, well, um, I stayed in here for a session. Sorry, no, what session did we go to? Whoa. Thanks. No, we went to the, I want to call <laughs> it Renegotiating faith. faith. Renegotiating faith. Renegotiating faith. Uh, but... I will say, before I talk about the session, one of the things that really stood out to me in the first uh, talk this morning was this idea that stronger is a shared experience. When he said that, I I totally get that and understand that, but I don't know about anybody else. For me, one of the things that I grew up believing is that as a man, I need to be self-reliant, self-sufficient, and I should be able to deal with my issues just kind of, you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and just pull it together, man. And the idea of opening yourself up to, um, to be vulnerable with other men or you know people is something that uh, I, I try to do in my life. I've got these guys across from the table. We try not to air at our dirty laundry so much on air, but we are able to have those conversations. So I think it's really, the thing that stood out for me uh, and it was the first session about stronger is a shared experience, and I'm happy to share it, <laughs> warts and all. How about you,
2: Andrew? What was your highlight? Uh, Well, I really enjoyed the renegotiating faith um, session, that was with Josh Smith, and I think if you at all want to have some understanding of why young adults or youth act the way they do and things of that nature, this is a really good start. I mean, he just touches on things because it's a big conversation. But it really helps you to maybe have some understanding, maybe some empathy or sympathy for for what kids and young adults are going through, and I really enjoyed that.
3: Really quickly, too, on the speaker, when Doug spoke first overall, Yes, again, fantastic, well-chosen speakers for today. But this idea that average is more than okay. Uh, because I think even as men and, and, and dealing in, even in my work, our guys struggle with this idea of having expectations and higher goals. And, and it's like, be the greatest leader and this stuff. And that's all good things to strive towards. As long as there's this understanding of where your identity is found and it's not in those things and that you read through your scriptures and we're going to talk about this later, but God calls the average, God calls the below average. Sure.
0: Uh, we're going to move on, gentlemen. We normally do this in the span of an hour, and we just don't have an hour today, so we're trying to cram what we would normally do. By the way, we're also not comedians um, by trade or anything else. We we are funny by accident, if it happens at all. Um, we're going to toss up another graphic onto the screen, and we're going to actually toss to Lucas in... Uh, you ready, Lucas? Ready. We got a little sound bite for this one too, buddy. All right.
1: All right. Do you want to break down what just happened? Yes, I would love to do that. Uh, so Potent Ponderables is just a segment where we throw out a question. Um, sometimes it's weird, sometimes it's just a head scratcher, just to kind of get our brains in gear. Um, and you guys can play along. You can feel free to jump into our chat and like throw in your own answers to any of the questions uh, that we're talking about. Uh, but today's Potent Ponderable is one we've done before back when you and I used to do it solo, but it was a fun one, so I thought I would do it again for, for today. And the question is, if you had to, and this will never happen, but if you had to, would you rather fight a duck the size of a horse or a hundred no,
0: duck-sized horses? So, gentlemen, when you looked out your window today and said, yes, today I will drive in this weather to come to this conference because I believe the Lord is going to speak... All of a sudden, a question was posed to you that asked you to fight what? One
1: giant duck or a hundred tiny horses? Which do you think would be easier to defeat? Am I alone? You are alone. What kind of room am I in? Other than the duck or horses. Uh, You are in a room, let's say it's this size room. If you had this size room to work with. This size room, a horse-sized duck. Uh, Yeah, a duck the size of a horse or a hundred small duck-sized
0: horses? A hundred small duck-sized horses. Correct. Wow. Uh I've I, a, a, a a duck the size okay, of I, mean, I got can, the hold yeah, on, we're, no no we're no I got this I got this I got this I mean, a horse can kick and hurt. I don't want a hundred of tiny ones yep. doing that. We've seen it in Ant-Man, the movie Ant-Man. Even though he's smaller, he's still just as strong. And so if you shrink horses, they're going to be just as
2: strong. So I want a duck. I don't that, know if so that works. Are we going to get into the details of Ant-Man right now? Because
1: yeah, just... <laughs> I don't think we can. This, we're not part of the MCU, so I don't think we can do that. I'm just saying. I would
0: rather. What kind of fighting technique does a duck have? I don't know. What do you think? I think it doesn't have any, and so it doesn't matter how big that duck is. I'm going to be able to take it, regardless. All
2: right. So we got one vote for duck. The idea of a horse-sized duck terrifies me. <laughs> like, That's a lot of bill. Like the bill and the big web feet. Just, I don't think I could handle even seeing that. So I am 100% fighting the hundred. Uh, duck sized horses take, which i do not think will have horsepower i think they will have I'm duck sorry, power i'm sorry i just checked with science and the science
3: says that they will be equally as strong as normal horses we're, at a, we're at a church event we're not interested in science so i'm going to i'm going to say this yes. is that i grew up around horses and you i've did, seen you the, do have grown up around horses i've seen the power of the kick of a horse Uh, And horses don't have to keep themselves afloat on water all day. So imagine the strength of the legs of a duck that would be the size of a horse. And then the technique and the size of the horse and the kick um, I would absolutely take the 100 small horses. I'm alone.
0: How about, hold on, what about you?
3: Well, I'm going to vote ducks here a second.
0: Aren't ducks buoyant?
1: I'm going to definitely, I mean, you, there's an argument either way, but I think I'm going to have to go with the 100 tiny horses. Yes. Um, I feel like if you could get them in a corner, as long as the, as long as you don't go down, if you go down, the horses win. But I think, I think I would go with the 100 if tiny you're horses. you're in this
2: room with the stage, those, I don't think those horses can get up the stairs. Uh, to size. use
1: your environment, there you go. Yeah. So I guess I we agree. had it. We had one doc. There duck, are, one...
2: are stairs. One, <laughs> no. He says you can
1: use those. One vote for doc. Three for horses, and that concludes today's potent ponderable.
0: Okay, it's over.
1: Yeah. It's yeah over. Thanks.
0: Uh, thank you for the clap, sir. Wherever you may be, we appreciate that. It really helps us. Uh, So one thing that we do try to do is um, we try to wrap up some serious spiritual conversation with just goofy nonsense games that don't really make any difference, questions about ducks and horses, uh, because, well, we want people to watch and be entertained up to a point, but eventually we really want to bring things around and have some conversation around faith. And and so we're going to do this little segment that we're calling Steel on Steel, And uh, you're probably familiar with the scripture that talks about as iron sharpens iron and all that. Uh, And so what we're going to do, guys, is is I'm uh, going to tell you a little something that we can have some conversation on it. I was recently flying to uh, Steinbeck, Manitoba to take in a, a set free retreat and church renewal stuff. And anyway, that was all well and good. On the way back from this trip, I found myself at the back of the plane and the gentleman, um, my senior pastor, we were, we were traveling together and we'd been together the whole day and through the airport and we're sitting in the back seat together and he's lost his phone. And so he's trying to find his phone. I'm calling to find his phone. And then all of a sudden a stewardess comes up and she says, I'm uh, looking for a D. Phil Singer. D. Phil Singer. And I'm like, what? Uh, I go, oh, he's right here. He's right beside me. And she goes, no, no. He's been traveling with a woman all day. And, and I'm like, well, hold on. And I, I'm like, I'm stroking my beard. It's not, you know, it's not a huge beard. but I'm like, really? A woman. I've been mistaken for a woman on this airplane. And the pastor looked at me and he goes, I may have lost my phone, Brad, but you've lost your identity. And that got me thinking about, okay, what is my identity really rooted in as a man? What does it mean to be a man in Christ and there, you know, within a room like this, we've got men of all different shapes, sizes, beliefs, and and stories. Some but of our shapes are more common than others. But go ahead. <laughs> sure. Thanks, Lucas. Someone gave you a clap for that. I'm not sure if you heard it. Thank you. Half a half. <laughs> half a clap. You got half a clap. Uh, but it, it got me thinking. What is a man's identity found in, and what makes us men of God today, in, for such a time as this? So, gentlemen, um, you, you know, you've seen the notes. I really kind of identified with David in the story there. Not that I'm a king, not at all, but, but what, I, what I found in the scripture was this, and it was out of Acts 13, 22. It says, after removing Saul, he made David their king. He testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. And the phrase that stood out to me was this, man after my own heart. So guys, I, I want to toss a little bit to you and, and uh, let's have some conversation on this. What does it mean to be a man today?
1: I, I like the idea of the fact that he was humble. You know, he wasn't the, the strongest, the bravest, the best looking, the whatever. He was, he was a man after God's own heart and he was willing to do what God asked him. You know, I think a man after God's own heart is willing to do the hard thing, even when it's right. not easy. You know, taking on Goliath, that was the hard thing. That was the hard thing that no one else wanted to do. And he said, "No, I, I, I'm. If God wants me to do it, I'm doing that thing. It does it look hard. Yeah, but God's sure.
3: doing it, not me. So I love that. Okay. Yeah, I'd also say too. Coming back to what we had said earlier, again, David was average. He was, and that's who God had chose to use at that time. And so." Uh, even in through that we can see where character gets built, right? And we're and we'll talk about this a little bit more, but this idea of what is this identity and I think our identity is built up partially of what we do and what we're called to, but the, also the other part of it is what is our character in that and what is what is it that drives us to do certain things in certain sure. ways. And so you look at this and I mean of course standing in front of the giant then yeah, you're called into that. That's not something you just say, ah, oh, here's a great idea for today. But instead... Average, unequipped in every way, yet God's seen him through that part. And so that I think plays into what we see in the character of him as far as being trusting of who God is and what he can do among many other different things. Also, I would say that this is that the idea of being able to recognize God for who he is and and then following into that servanthood. That would be absolutely a big part of that. So...
1: Yeah. And he, he wasn't into the, the whole macho thing. He's like, I am going to defeat Goliath because I'm so strong and I'm so great. It was, no, God's given me this victory already. I just have to go out there and claim it. Like it wasn't all about David and how great David was. It was about how great God is and David was just willing to let him work through
0: him. So then my question is, is the equipping, because and I may have missed it there, but you were saying that, that David, to, to our eyes, David was ill-equipped for the task at hand. The difference was that God anointed and said this is the one I want yeah. and so is that the equipping is that where it begins and my question then would be for us as men we're all gifted and equipped differently but at the same time God calls us all to be something that we couldn't be without him
3: absolutely yep yeah yeah absolutely which is an encouragement at the end of the day, because of how many guys, whether we like to admit it or not, we struggle with this idea of confidence or comparison, which has been talked about through and through this morning. Absolutely. And so it's, it's not in our own abilities, it's in what God does in and through us that will make that larger impact. And even more important uh, is in what we do with that moving forward. So you see a period of David's life where, I mean, he was, he was made king. Yep, but then we can talk about this in a minute, but but then things went south. and,
0: and, And I think what you were saying, I'm not trying to just go back and forth between us guys, jump in, but, you know, David made mistakes. Yes, he was called and anointed by God, and yet even in that, we see and we can read all about it. The guy made a lot of mistakes. He wasn't perfect, but then what we get to see in the psalms specifically is... Is how he repents and how he comes back. He keeps getting up. One of the things that I've definitely been taught, and I think it is appropriate and applicable, is yeah, okay, things might beat you down and you're going to make mistakes, but get up. Don't stop. Don't give up. The call that God has is real. The equipping that he has for you is real.
2: Get up and, and get back in right relationship with him and get going again. So yeah, well, I was just, that goes along with, kind of, immediately when I think of David, I think of David in the cave of Saul. And, you, and he probably, at that moment, you know, he's on the run from Saul, he's literally hiding in a cave, probably feeling pretty defeated and ready to be done, and then Saul wanders in, and he has that opportunity to end everything there. Uh, and his, his men are saying, you know, do it, like, this is what you were called to do, this is what you're anointed to do, and, and he has that moment where he cuts the, the piece of his cloth off, and then he immediately says, you know, this isn't, this isn't what I'm supposed to do, and he And he gets mad at his men, and I think that character, you know, just being so down, probably feeling really defeated, and he still trusts God, he knows God's plan for his life, and and he continues to do it, and not take advantage of maybe a shortcut to get get things done. Sure.
3: Which is really kind of what Kevin had spoke about, right? This idea of good fruit, bad fruit. Right. And so, we are going to experience failures, and we are going to have times in our lives where whether it's due to our actions or what have you, that we feel is separation from God. It doesn't change who God is in our lives, regardless of what that situation may be. So yeah, bad fruit, absolutely. But what are you going to do in that is your character to move forward and to eliminate that?
0: That takes, that takes some humility. Yeah. You know, to be willing to, to do that. Yeah,
3: absolutely.
1: One of the things I wrote down, and we're talking about things that you want to have in a godly character, but one thing I think it's important that we need to realize is that, you know, David had all this stuff going for him. He had a great track record. You know, God chose him. He defeated Goliath. He built his nation. And he still failed when he thought he couldn't fail. The minute he thought, you know, I'm above all this sin stuff, he, that's when he failed. When he started acting like he was above it that's when you fail. And I think we need to realize that, that no matter how good your track record is, you need to stay on top of things if you want to keep from failing.
3: Okay, good, so that's my thing, why? why the corruption? Because you can look today, Mm -hmm. and I mean, of course, not naming names, but you could look at so many Christian leaders over these last few years Mm -hmm. who have fallen, who have taken this step back, who've fallen into some type of a a corruption, whatever you want to call it. And what is, and how is it any different than David's situation? Well, it isn't, right? Right, So this is, this is the question. I don't have the answer to it. What is the corrupter? What is the, what is it that causes this because we see it time and time and time again
0: well and we know that we don't and i'm not just trying to quote scripture as a blanket statement here but we know that we don't fight against flesh and blood but against you know spiritual wickedness and and evil and high powers and all that kind of stuff right so like there is we need to remember that just because you're a christian leader or just because you're a christian that there is a spiritual war that's still taking place just because you accept jesus in this moment doesn't mean that all of a sudden everything just goes away and and it you know Yes, um, you know, you're now a child of God, your identity is found in him, but that doesn't mean that the battle just disappears. So there's still someone that's trying to, yeah, your soul, you're saved, okay. But now the enemy wants to derail you and make you as useless as possible and will do whatever it takes. I mean, you know, he's not, he's cunning, right? Like scripture says that he's cunning
3: and he prowls around like a roaring lion. Okay, so, sorry, Lucas. So you said something.
0: We will need to.
3: Okay, so you said this this. By, that our identity is find in him, found in him, which is truth. Truth. But yep. where I think the church hasn't done a great job of this is they'll say, well, your identity is in Jesus. You are set free and you are a child of Bola, God. Bola, right. What does that even mean? Like, sure. what does that look like for me? To live that out on a day to day, absolutely. And then next
0: week, next? Oh, you know what? That's a great idea, though. Let's. Why don't we continue the? Con- we can. We do need to move on, but we need to continue this conversation. Love it. Which is one of the great things about this type of thing that we do is that it's about an ongoing conversation. And Matt, you bring up a really good point. Um, so, Matt, are you prepared for the oh, next thing? Absolutely. We love, uh, I see people coming in in the comments and chatting. I also am concerned that my son, who is eight years old, heard what we said earlier about the Sabbath and is now questioning things. Uh, That's concerning. Uh, but feel free to jump in the chat. If you if you're on Facebook, you can find us there, Oxford Holy Club, and feel free I, to. Comment I like in. I like two comments. On and one is uh, Mr.
1: Mitchell David saying that a giant roasted duck would be delicious, and that is true. Totally agree. And uh, Mr. Uh, Tia Bailey saying uh, he would definitely take on 100 duck-sized horses, and he said he's tightening his boots right now.
0: And Guy, I see your chat, Guy Burton. Thank you very much. Glad you're here. It's Gee. Gee, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going Gee. Gee glad you're here. All right, Matt, here we go. We got a graphic coming right. and some music for you.
3: Sports. It starts stuff. Alright, very good. So this is a segment that we do every week and we want you to play along for this. This is how we're going to get ready to wrap things up. So this bit we call sports and star stuff and uh, I don't claim to know a lot about sports, but I do know a lot. Yes, you do. Well, I know more than you three combined. True. And don't be offended by this, but these are the three biggest nerds you've ever seen in your life. Uh, And so what we're going to do is I'm going to give a term and we want you guys to pay attention along and play along with this. And it's either Going to be something from uh, space, which could be anything from real space to a a Star Trek episode, all the way to maybe it's got to do with sports. Okay, so if you are at all on our Facebook page at all, you can submit what you think the answer to this is, and it's essentially like a game of Balderdash. All right, so they're going to submit their answers, what they believe it is. We'll have a vote and we'll see who wins. Do not be a stinker and Google it because it will ruin the fun for everyone.
0: Hey, Matt, your stepmother mom came into chat and says, you're the best one up here.
3: What's that?
0: Sorry, your mother-in-law came into chat and said, you're the best guy up here. What a great mother-in-law.
3: All right, here we go. Are we ready for this? Here is your word. Here is your word. Quipper belt. What? Quipper belt. Q-U-I. Quipper belt. K-U-I. No Googling. P-E-R. Belt. Quipper belt. Okay. Do so you want me to use that in a sentence? Please do. Would in you- a sentence, that quipper belt really came in handy. <laughs> All right. That's the sentence to go. That with. is the worst sentence ever. K U I. Or how about this then? That is the nicest no. quipper belt I've hell? ever seen. I looked up quipper belt in the dictionary. How's that for a sentence? All right, yeah, okay. All
0: right. so we have how long? We got How's our time? Not much. Here we go.
3: Quipper belt. So if you're on our Facebook page, you can, you can put in what you believe the answer is to that term and whether it's from space or from sports and it is quipper belt. These guys are sending me their answers right now. And, I've got uh, a winner Alright, we've got one answer in already He's pretty confident about it Yep Alright, you guys got about 15 more seconds
0: For the first time, For the first time I'm done, I think, before
3: yeah. Andrew You did good You gone, done, good disappointed in myself. I just about changed my term, though, on the spot after I heard Kevin speak to define. You go, Bish. I just about <laughs> changed it to that. Good grief. I thought that was pretty good. I'm gonna work that into more sentences. All right. All right. I've got all three answers. All right. Are we ready for this? Quipper belt. Quipper belt. Oh, hold on. I'll clear that music. My apologies. Quipper yeah. belt. So, here are your options for this, and we'll do a raise of hands here for anybody that's interested. Oh, so, that could be that could be really demoralizing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, that's, not that's what That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. Okay, your first your first option for Quipper belt is the Quipper belt a belt used to protect He-Man and she What? All right. What well, is a Quipper belt? Is it a place around Neptune with thousands and thousands of objects floating around. Is a quipper belt something from space? And it's the belt that holds up the uh, parts of the astronauts, or the pants of the astronauts on the International Space Station. Is the quipper belt the belt that a home base umpire wears to hold extra baseballs? Or is the quipper belt the belt that holds a quiver of arrows to your body? Alright, so one more time, really quickly. Is it uh, the belt that a home base, play, uh, home base umpire wears to hold extra baseballs? Is it a belt used to protect He-Man and Shira? Is it the belt that holds up the pants of the astronaut astronauts on the International Space Station? Is it a place around Neptune with thousands of floating objects or is it the belt that holds a quiver in place Full of arrows.
2: I'm going umpire. One minute.
3: All right, you're going umpire. I went C, which that? Well, did them in different orders. The well, umpire. You're going umpire. I almost went with Neptune
1: because I that was when I almost made up, but I gotta go baseball. I really gotta feels go like the baseball. baseball one, yeah. All right,
3: all right. So does anyone? All right, we'll do a quick show of hands here. Are you ready for this? Does anyone pick? And I'm gonna eliminate the whoever sent the uh, He-Man and She-Ra one because that's got nothing to do with space. All right. <laughs> Is this got to do with astronauts' pants? Raise your hand.
0: Anybody think it's astronauts'
3: pants? We got one yeah. astronaut
1: pant vote astronauts right there. Astronauts' pants. Is oh, it about? Three. Is
3: it a belt for the the arrow and quiver? And you got quiver. Anybody that? think? Okay. All okay. you
1: archers out there.
3: All right. Is it the one with the baseball umpire where the extra baseball? Umpires. Umpires where you at? got a few.
0: All right, Matt. Okay.
3: And the last one is it the place around Neptune with thousands of floating objects? Neptune.
0: I
1: think that's ring. the Kepler oh.
3: belt, but whatever. All right. Well, you three chose the baseball one. which was my made-up answer. uh, Uh, You guys, uh, the real answer was it is a place around Neptune with thousands of floating objects.
0: uh, All right. Now well, you're smarter for it. Next time. All right, guys. That's Listen, that's all the time we've got. So, Lucas, why don't you start walking us out of this episode, and we're going to get off the stage. I cannot wait for that roast beef. All right. You can follow our podcast on Facebook, Twitter,
1: Instagram, um, and YouTube now, at Oxford Holy Club. If you're using us on social media, throw up the hashtag OHClub. Or you can email us the old-fashioned way, OxfordHolyClub
2: at gmail.com. If you leave us a five-star rating on iTunes, we'll read it on the air. Not only that, but you can send your questions to us via our fancy new website, www.oxfordholyclub.com. And someday you'll be able to browse some merch when it comes available and much more.
3: And of course, we don't pay to advertise. Any growth that we get comes from you, sharing our streams and our podcasts. So thank you in advance.
0: Thank you, everybody, for giving us the opportunity. And until next time, keep spiritually fit and And have fun. fun.